Welcome and thanks for listening. This is your Nebraska Judicial Branch. Greetings and welcome back. I am Gene Cotter, your host. In honor of Probation, Parole, and Community Supervision Week 2023, we bring to you today a couple of experienced probation officers to kind of highlight the work that probation does, as well as the evolution of probation over the years. Joining us today is Specialized Officer Danelle Reed from the Juvenile Office in Lincoln and Stacy Strohmeyer from the Adult Office in Lincoln. Danelle, Stacy, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So, Danelle, I'm going to start with you as uh, I believe you are in year 23, getting ready to start year 24, all in the juvenile office. Yes. I think even before you came here, you were involved in, I think you were a tracker in Iowa for a while, and then you worked briefly for HHS here in Nebraska, always with kids. Tell me about your work with kids and your why behind working with kids. I guess in high school, I had a couple friends that were um, involved in the system. Um, One, her dad kind of abused her and we knew that and she never admitted that. And we all were like at a loss of what to do to help her. And the other friend was more on the troubled side. And I just kind of saw the stuff that he went through. And so it just kind of touched my heart and kind of made me want to move on and be able to help people that were in that type of situation. And I guess even going through college, I know some Like my son doesn't know what he wants to do right now when he goes to college, but I kind of always knew I wanted to be a juvenile specific probation officer. So I kind of got to do what I wanted to do. Stacey, how about you? I know you started in juvenile, worked for Boys Town for a while and with a grant, and then uh, started actually in the same office that Danelle's in before moving over now. I think you're a specialized substance abuse supervision officer and work with the post-release supervision population. So just talk a little bit about your journey to become a probation officer? Well, I started off working at Cedars uh, quite a few years ago, kind of got my foot in the door because prior to that I had worked at a bank and I had some friends working over in juvenile probation and it just seemed like a really solid foundation working well and, you know, advocating for kids. And so uh, I had applied for probation a couple of times and I didn't get those positions. So I just stayed in the field and I was working for Boys Town doing a grant with them and UNL and then I got an opportunity in the juvenile office and so then I came over. So you are, there's a lot of talk, a continued talk in the news about justice reinvestment and prison reform. You are working in not one, but basically two of those prison reform initiatives with both post-release supervision and specialized substance abuse supervision, which was probation's first one of those programs. Can you just touch a little bit more deeply on the impact that you feel probation has uh, with SAS and with PRS and the impact we have on the communities and the people we serve in those capacities? Sure. So the folks that I work with are either coming out of jail or prison uh, onto post-release supervision. And so one of the things that we're doing is we're offering the cognitive class MRT out at the jail. And that has really shown to be beneficial to our clients because it's helping them kind of start their programming prior to getting out. Um, Because when they do come out, it can be very overwhelming for them. They're just, you know, trying to figure out where they're going to live, where they're going to work. And then they get hit with all these probation conditions. And so any type of programming that we can get into the jails or into the prisons for them to take prior to getting out seems to be very beneficial to them. 
Danelle, I'm going to get back to you in a second, but Stacy just said something else. First off, MRT is moral recognition therapy. You said it's a cognitive program, and that helps people examine their own thinking, replace risky thinking with, with new thoughts that are less risky. New thoughts lead to new behaviors, right? Correct. Okay. More importantly, however, you touched on one aspect of the whole theme of probation week is stronger together. And you just talked about going into the Lancaster County jail and performing MRT there, which is something that I don't know that Lincoln is the only place that that's happening, but that engagement with not only jails, uh, but other members of the community is very important to providing services for people to help them be successful, correct? Yes. Go a little more in depth on that, if you would. So, you know, if if they're in prison, they get assigned a navigator, which is also through our probation office. That's very beneficial because we will do a conference call prior to their release just to make sure that services are set up and that uh, there's a plan for them coming out so that when they leave, they're not just turned loose. Um, I think that's really beneficial because then they have some contacts and they have some things set up prior to that release. On top of the MRT, I know that the there's some other classes that have been offered in the jails to the crime victim empathy, which has been very beneficial, and then also another class that we teach real colors. So the more, like I said, the more programming that we can get into the into the facilities prior to them coming out, I think just sets them up for even more success before they're released because they've got that much more under their belt. Speaking of more opportunities for success before they even go to jail, Danelle, I'm going to come over to you now. As a juvenile probation officer, a lot of the things that Stacy's talking about are very important to you as, as a juvenile officer. Those support systems, whether it be families or schools or trackers, the community service organizations. Would you talk a little bit about just how important those community supports and engaging a team of across the community to help kids and families be successful? Absolutely. Um, I think the most important support system, obviously, is the family. Um, but I think we all know that a lot of times the families had some troubles along the way, and they're not always able to be the support that we would like them to be. So um, we put in some other supports through different agencies or even um, extended family or teachers or anybody that we can get in place to kind of help them along their journey. And ultimately, we want them to have those informal supports so that when they leave probation, they're not reliant on us, but they have that system built around them. So they have that when they leave. Along those same lines, I think there's a lot of people who view youth juveniles as small adults. Clearly, that's not the case. There's a lot of research coming out around emerging adults. I know that you in Lancaster County have been engaged with the National, uh, the Robert F. Kennedy Foundation has been in working with your office on basically putting a model together to help kids and families be more successful. Would you just discuss a little bit more about being engaged on the national level and how important that is to not only your office, but we as probation in Nebraska? Yeah, we've been working with the Robert F. Kennedy um, Foundation for five years, I think, four or five years. And um, it's been a complete overhaul of how we've been doing things. But, um, you know, it's really opened our eyes to the way that we do things with juveniles. Um, one of the biggest parts of it, I think, is the adolescent brain development, uh, that we've got some people that developed a curriculum, and they've been teaching that to some of the um, stakeholders in the community, worked on probation order reform, making sure that those probation orders are written in a 
in a language or a, a level that the kids can actually understand it. We've worked on case closure, making sure that we give those kids an opportunity to get off probation successfully or even early. Um, we've worked on detention utilization, trying to make some reforms there. And it's it's really been a whole process. And now that uh, uh, program is going to go across the state and the rest of the districts are going to be learning some of the stuff that we've been working with RFK on. In honor of Probation and Parole Community Supervision Week, I know that a year ago, the American Probation and Parole Association went, uh, Summer Training Institute, Annual Training Institute, was in Chicago. And the two of you were selected to get to go to Chicago just to kind of, you know, it's, I think there's a, probably a misnomer out there that, well, Danelle, you've been here for 24 years and Stacy, you've been here for 14 years. So you know everything you need to know. There's only so many things that go into this, but how eye opening was it from a, not only this is what's going on at the national level, but where Nebraska is placed nationally. And when I say place, you know, there's not an official ranking, but I'm just saying the things that you heard when you were in Chicago about the things that we're doing in Nebraska in relation to what's going on across the country. And I'll, Stacey, I'll give Danelle a chance to catch your breath and we'll start with you. It was great to be able to come together with people across the United States and see what other states were doing. It, what was also really interesting is they had brought part of the probation team over from the Ukraine, I believe. And so it was really interesting. I mean, we all have struggles in our day-to-day -day lives, obviously. And, um, you know, it, some days it, it gets a little trying. But I think to kind of hear where things are at with them made me more appreciative of, you know, the environment that we're in and, and the resources that are available to us. But yeah, it was just, it was a lot of fun to come together with a bunch of people that we would never have the opportunity to probably meet or, or hang out with. And it was just very positive. There was a lot of positivity. And one of the things that I took from it was we have to make sure that we're taking care of the people that are taking care of the people. And so I felt like we kind of got to do that during that time. And Danelle, that's exactly where I was going to go next was you talk about things like compassion fatigue, uh, that, that officers, officers self-care, those types of things. So would you just build a little bit on what Stacy just said and talk about your experience in Chicago last year? Because some of that is it's very educational. It's very informative. And I'm going to talk to each of you about having been here for as long as you've been here and discovering or having to rediscover your why, if not every day, at least with some frequency. But if you would, then I'll just talk about your experience in Chicago last year. I mean, it was nice to be granted the opportunity to go because the way that it was presented to us was that it was like a longevity thing, you know, that um, because we had put in the time and uh, that was the reason we were given the opportunity to go. So that was that was kind of um, that kind of filled my cup a little bit, you know, and um like Stacy said, um, just seeing people from across the country and the the lady from the Ukraine that was super eye opening. Um, but we got to see um, John Toole with the RFK Foundation was there speaking on a panel. But then there were also other people that were representing the way that other states are doing it, from like Annie Casey, places like that. And so that was interesting to hear how other states are doing some of their reform. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to lie. It was a fun trip. <laughs> Good. Good to know. All right. So I highlighted or teased this a little bit. 24 years working with kids, working with families, see, see a lot of everything. I don't think people in the general public really understand everything that probation officers deal with day in, day out, being in homes, being in situations, seeing family. 
despite your better efforts to keep families and, and homes together, whether you're an adult officer or a juvenile officer, we're not we're successful 75% of the time, but then there's always that 25%. And I know officers probably take the 25% harder than they celebrate the 75% successes. So what do you do, Danelle Reed, on a daily or weekly or frequent basis to remember your why and stay motivated after 24 years in the field to, to keep serving the families that you serve and the communities that you serve with vigor and gusto? <laughs> Um, I guess it's just kind of the little things along the way where you hear a, a youth say something that you've told them along the way and you're like, oh my gosh, he caught on to that, you know, or um, a, a family member. Like recently, I have an, a youth that's going to be assigned to me and um, it's a sibling of a, another youth that I had and the mother was excited to hear that she could work with me again. And so that was kind of fulfilling that, you know, I had made an impact on the other son um, and, you know, just sometimes running into the, the youth out in the community and you see that they're doing well, you hear the stories about them doing well. I know it's just little things, but you know, those, those, I, I already used the term fill your cup, but they really do carry you through. Stacy, same question for you. 14 years uh, working with, uh, working with kids now working with people coming out of prison. Uh, what, what is, what do you do to rediscover your why with regularity? Well, I think a lot of the people that I work with have been living a certain lifestyle for 20, 30, 40 years. And sometimes they have the mentality of, well, it's too late to change. And it's not. I mean, I just try and remind them that their past does not define their future. And so it's never too late. If, if you want change, then, then we can do it. And so just helping them believe in themselves just to see that change, because it's hard to kick old habits. And a lot of theirs are, you know not good habits. And so just to help them see that they can do that if they want to, and then seeing that change, that really keeps me motivated. Stacey, I'm going to get back to you in just a second. I want to revisit. So Danelle, you opened this podcast by talking about what your original why was, these two friends in high school. How often do you think about them? How frequently do they come up in your memories about this is why I'm here? And think about like looking at a family and going, oh, yeah, you are this person that I encountered in high school. You are this friend. Um, I, I think it comes up quite a bit that I think about those people because the situations that, that I've come through my office are pretty similar to theirs. You know, we work closely with HHS. We have crossover cases that are both duly adjudicated. And so I see some of those abuse neglect cases and get to work with those kids. And then, um, you know, I, I think frequently about that boy that was in trouble when he was in high school. And I definitely think things are better in our system now than they were when he went through the system. So that's a good thing. So, Stacey, on the heels of that, we've spent a lot of time talking about hope, humanity, optimism, perspective, and empathy in probation. And that plays a lot into what Danelle talked about, about having this perspective and this empathy for her friends in high school. How important is that component of hope to what we do day in and day out? It's extremely important. I mean, I, I kind of talked about this where when you have an individual who's been doing the same thing for 10, 20, 30 years, whatever it is, they kind of lose hope on themselves. And it's important for us and the people on their team to kind of, you know, remind them and push them that it's never too late. One of the things that James Schulte talked about in our last episode was this officer who basically inspired him, empowered him, uh, utilized hope. This was long before hope 
ever ever was a thing with us. I mean, it was probably always a thing with us, but it wasn't something that we defined and put an acronym to. Um, but they already have enough self-doubt and self-defeating attitudes and behaviors. Us piling on is not going to be beneficial at all, correct? Correct. All right. So it is probation, parole, and community supervision week 2023. The whole point of this week is to celebrate Stacy and Danelle and the Stacy and Danelles across the state. If you would, tell our listeners what makes probation such a good, fulfilling place to work. Obviously, if it wasn't, you probably still wouldn't be here after coming up on 20 years for you, Stacy, and a little more than 20 years for you, Danelle. Stacy, I'll start with you. Uh, I think it's just the change. I mean, sure, you have those frustrating cases and, you know, like you talked about the 25% who are not successful, but when you have a successful case, that kind of lights something in you and it keeps you motivated, keeps you going. I've got really great coworkers. Um, I, I, I have a very supportive um, district. Um, you know, we're just, we're always striving to be better. Um, and I think that if you can show that compassion and like, if I forget something, I'll, I'll tell a client, you're right, I forgot about that. I'm sorry, thanks for the reminder, whatever. It shows them that we're human too and that we're just here to try and help them. Danelle, same question for you. The relationship is the key. That's that's I've got that kind of up on my bulletin board. Um, I really am fulfilled by the relationships I get from the kids and the parents as well. Um, and uh, kind of like Stacy said, the successes that you see, like I talked about earlier, when the, when you run into the kids in the community or you see them coming up to the office for whatever reason, um, it's those success stories that kind of keep me going. I hinted at this a little bit ago. We have a new vision out there, inspiring hope, empowering individuals, and strengthening communities. In honor of Probation Parole Community Supervision Week 2023, I want to thank you, Stacy and Danelle, for coming in because clearly, as you've just articulated, we are stronger together. Thank you, Jean. Thank you. This has been another episode of Your Nebraska Judicial Branch. Please remember to subscribe, like, and review us on your favorite podcast platform.